This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more cake. Even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. Which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome, welcome. This is episode six of Riding the Pine. I'm Hondo here with Guy. Hey, what's up, Guy? What up? Oh, man. We're, we're back after a little bit of a summer vacation, but, you know, we had to kind of watch what was going down in Rio, and, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the episode. I believe, I think we're like 65-ish days right now away from the NBA season, so we're, we're going to go into that. We're, we're going to start out with our league news, and then we're going to go into full a full Rio debrief. What happened, what's to come, everything from that. For sure. Okay, this week in basketball. <laughs> All right, so we're going to kick it off this week with league activity. First thing is the All-Star Game. The All-Star Game has been solidified as going to New Orleans. So we talked a little bit about this before. I'm giving a thumbs up. I'm, I'm glad that the league settled on this. I think it's a, that was a huge decision. They landed. I think everything's going to go smoothly from here on out. Yeah, that's awesome. I have nothing to say. It's awesome. Ho- hopefully no more venue switches. Yeah, right. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so we we'll, can't keep canceling and rebooking our hotels and flights. <laughs> <laughs> they just don't have what is it uh, like hotels.com or yeah. like they don't have a stadium. They don't have a Trivago they, for the NBA. They don't have Trivago for stadiums. Yeah, that, that, right. that, that's, that's it. Right. That's it. So <laughs> no, so I'm 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 happy about that. Man, this would be a really fun one to take in though. Having the All Star Game in New Orleans, mm. like uh, from a fun factor perspective. That, that's near the top of the scale for that's me. That's definitely right. So, all right. So I want to go into one other thing that's kind of happened over the last, I think it's a week or two weeks. NBA came out with a big announcement around the schedule for this season. So we were, we were talking about this kind of in our warm-up to the episode. So there are a number of huge games kind of coming up. Obviously, drop the news about our, our beloved T-Wolves here. Our Timber Puppies? Our yes. Thibber, Thibber Wolves? Thibber Wolves. <laughs> yes, we have the a franchise record 19 nationally televised games. Hey, you gotta like that. It's pretty exciting. They know what's up. They know what's up. We're on the come up. You gotta like that. We got back to back Squires of the Year. <laughs> All right. So I wanted to, I was kind of looking through some of the big matchups. Uh, timing isn't really important as we're going to kind of revisit this over the course of our 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 show and our podcast kind of week to week here, but I want to talk about a couple of the matchups that are going to come up in roughly the time frame here. Uh, the first one was the Knicks against the Bulls on, right, oh. right in November 4th. So, Oh man, I, this is so good. This season is going to be so insane. I it's going to be high gonna, octane. You know, 
Before even talking about yeah. that matchup, the yeah. season's going to be so high octane all all season long. Yeah. And then the first game you bring up is New York Knicks versus Chicago. Yeah. I thought it would be something else, like yeah. Cleveland and, and Warriors or something. No, no, no. We'll or Thunder Warriors. On, but so. no, it's the fucking Knicks and the Bulls. Yeah. Like, revamped rosters with the same players from each team. It's like, oh, man. Oh, man. That, I'm so That's going to be a that. really fun game. So that's yeah. the Knicks versus, versus the Bulls. I think that one's in Chicago uh, to start it off. Oh. Uh, is that this, opening weekend? Or? Uh, that's November 4th, oh, yeah. which so, is right around the beginning. Right around the time. Uh, the next one I had was a pretty high-octane game. That's the Warriors versus the Clips on December 7th. Yeah, I can see that being really good. Um, I don't know if it's going to be like the top of the top, but it's 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 certainly an interesting one to well, there's a rivalry. That's a, there's a rivalry that's been built, or yeah. but it's mostly just been one-sided. <laughs> but, um, and I think it'll it's continue. It's hard to call it a rivalry yeah. if it's just one team winning. <laughs> but it... As a basketball fan, as an NBA fan, we're going to be there to watch that game. Oh, for yeah. Sure. Oh, damn. Uh, the next one, we have to get into this. This is where Thibodeau com- go- goes back to Chicago, December 13th. Wolves Wolves against Chicago. So uh, I, I am I'm oh, very, it's in very, Chicago. It's, yeah, in Chicago. So mm. this, this is going to be a really, really interesting game. Um, the next one is actually interesting from the perspective of rookies. So... On December 16th, we had the Lakers playing the 76ers. So this is uh, this is Simmons versus... Um, oh, Simmons versus Ingram. Yes, yes. But it's also Luol Deng and Timothy Mozgov versus, <laughs> versus oh, whatever oh, the fuck. You're, you're really getting to the key part of that matchup. <laughs> Luke Walton versus Brett Brown. <laughs> So, so that that should be pretty fun. Get to see some young, yeah, get to see some young talent kind of battle it, mm. battle against each other. Uh, Christmas Day game this year. We got the we got GSW versus the Cavs. We and we also have the Wolves versus Thunder. Wolves versus Thunder. So I'm pretty sure that's what the matchup is. Yeah, no, no, that's definitely the matchup for that day. So, um, well, so Cavaliers Warriors Christmas game. They can't take a night. They can't like rest that day because yeah. it's a Christmas Day. So that's definitely LeBron and Curry and yeah. everyone playing major minutes. Yeah. We, we, I think we're going to have other great games that day wow. because that's the traditional uh, – that's Lakers-Clippers that day on the on the nightcap game. Yeah, usually. And don't the Spurs play that day too, typically? Spurs yeah. or Dallas? Well, typically probably that, Spurs. Probably Spurs. I, I, I don't know. We'll – We'll, we'll, we'll it's not, it it's and, not like the NFL. There's not like a set amount of teams that play every Christmas Day. No, but, but the, it's usually the, the top. But the Lakers, teams. the Lakers, Clippers usually they they have been playing in that late game. Oh, so I think there's like what is it like four games that day? Four, yeah, four, four games. or five. So oh yeah, maybe five. Maybe five. I don't know. I don't know. It's just a re- yeah. it's really a ridiculous amount of games. It's like when I used to watch. Uh, I used to watch like the the high school. Playoffs. They'd start at like yeah, eleven a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they'd go until like ten o'clock at night. You're like, I haven't moved all day. And mm. I've just been watching. I've just been watching sports, and they got progressively better throughout yeah, the day. Right. Uh, so, so that should be fun. And the last game, the last game that I have kind of highlighted here is Golden State versus the Thunder on February 11th. So there are a clear million... your calendars for that day. Yeah, there if are... that's the first time they're playing, I don't. I don't think that would be the first time they're playing. No, I think it is the first time they're that playing. late in the season, huh? February. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I think it is. Wow, that is a clear, like take a holiday, take a day <laughs> to absorb be, what's going to happen. That's that going to be a it's great be game. So Obviously, good. there are there are Spurs games, there are Boston games, there are more Philly games, there are some great Detroit games. Um, you know, there's there's all kinds of awesome matchups. So these were these were just a few that I wanted to wanted to highlight because th- these are kind of big matchups, big big matchups, kind of from the Western Conference or from the finals. I mean, there there was also uh, one of the other kind of core matchups they highlighted was uh, the Cavs playing Toronto again. So that should be that that should be pretty interesting. But, yeah, but but we we need to dissect that in kind of due course. Like I said, there's well, you, you so just, many you, games you just, to boil. You kind of self-tasked six games. You yeah, know, five or six games of the that the really uh, piqued your interest. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say like. We could break down the schedule, and every night yes. there's going to be a game that's going to be like must watch. Every week there is a top five, you know, must watch, yeah. must see games, yeah. and so. And we're going to um, do that. We'll have a, we'll, we'll have a rating in our uh, later on towards the season. Sorry for spoiling you guys. No, no, no. We're just setting it up. We're just setting it up so <laughs> yeah. you can you can follow along. You can uh, you can you can kind of follow along on our Twitter and Facebook and everything else as we uh, as we pick the games of the week and make sure make sure you pay your cable provider to get you get you all the games that you need so mm-hmm. hey league pass we're looking for sponsors so you're welcome anytime all right i want to get in, in, i want to move from league activity into gameplay and gameplay is essentially focused on team usa yeah so, the last couple of days of the olympics yeah so we were we We've kind of been off for a little bit here, so basically, it wraps up how we thought it was going to. Well, the end the, result the happened. End, the end state wrapped up how we thought it was going to wrap up. Yeah. I wouldn't say we we got exactly what we expected. So maybe maybe we'll kind of dive into that. Let's let's dive into kind of like the good and the bad of what we of what we saw kind of throughout the course of Team USA playing in the Olympics. Sure, I guess we'll start with Team USA, and then we can talk about like the international teams too sure. but quickly the uh team usa looked like uh a band of like misfit toys. misfits <laughs> and boogie cousins you know yeah. like it's like their mvp was probably deandre jordan honestly like just being the brute in the middle and yeah. always understanding where approximately where to be yeah they didn't even play draymond green they didn't even play butler major minutes yeah um i thought those would be the focal points of the the, the team yeah um People like Clay and really kept the, the the momentum. And I think what the finals day Durant was unleashed. That was yeah. it, like the championship game or a gold medal game. Like other than that, it was kind of like whoever could take over could take over, and it was pretty interesting. And congratulations. Yeah. Um, I for one didn't want them to win, um, but that's really me being anti patriotic or. Not picture. Uh, you, you needed a bigger. You needed a much, much bigger game. Out of you know, Serbia. my my game was the uh, game before the championship game, which was Spain versus USA, yep. and that was my my love Rubio. You know, of course, of course, versus Team USA. I uh, I was so happy for Australia for for being as uh, as strong as they were, mm-hmm. and I think uh, Serbia had a great fit, great great uh, bout as well. I think the the championship game they just kind of fell flat and um, they they were missing some people I think sure um, and I also think that just watching the games very closely like scrutinizing the refs yeah um, 
they were very pro USA in a lot of those games and a lot of those close games. I feel like USA was really benefiting from Andrew Bogut falling out in like five five or six minutes, or yeah. you know, just like random um, calls going uh, USA's way. But honestly, that's going to happen in every game, every type of sporting match. There's always like uh, you know human error. But I will say that it was probably the weakest Team USA. It, it, I, I definitely think since it was. This 2004. Is, this is not an, this is not 92. This is not. I think they really got lucky, <laughs> and I really could see. I could have seen an upset. Yeah. No. I don't. I don't think we're, we were that far away from an upset actually occurring because it was. They were just not playing. I don't think they were playing consistently together at a high enough caliber. They I beat. They beat Australia by three. They beat like Spain by four or five. Yeah. You know, like it was. Yeah, and they Quite. were in the in the prior Olympics. They were averaging wins by like thirty, thirty or thirty five. I mean, I I think there's a point here to be made that the team that the international teams are getting stronger. Yeah, but I don't. I think with how much talent was on Team USA, they could have they could have blown teams out much much bigger. Well, they were much, expo- much bigger. Yeah, the Team USA is exposed as it kind of always is, right? Yeah. Bunch of one way, not one way players, but a bunch of like ball hogs, and so the always the offense is stagnant. Sure, and it's very predictable. It's just that Kevin Durant can shoot from anywhere on the field. Yeah, and you know, anytime Kyrie gets hot, Kyrie's hot, and anytime that Clay Thompson's shooting, you just pass it to him, mm-hmm. and then DeAndre cleans up the boards, Boogie so, cleans up the boards. It was a really easy way to artificially create wins without really having to structure an offense. Yeah, of course. So, what? But anyways, what do you think? What do you think as you look look towards the what is it the 2020 Olympics here? So if oh, if if Team USA question. if Team USA is looking to kind of put together a team, you know we we don't know we don't know kind of who shows up and what the injuries are of course. But I mean, do they do they think about things a little bit differently? Because I feel like this time especially was a much different selection process than kind of years past i definitely think that the international game is growing mm-hmm. it's growing to the point where teams are really getting uh leverage on the team yeah. usa regardless of who's on the team sure they kind of know four years in advance what style of play you team usa is going to play yeah um you know in the past european teams have definitely been veteran focused and there's a nice cream of crop of players like Dario Saric and you know people like that that are coming in. And Ben yeah. Simmons didn't play for Australia. Andrew Wiggins didn't play for Canada. You know, so, you know, so we could we could actually have more more talent more. on those inter- international teams as. We but move some along. some teams are going to probably fade. Like I feel like Spain Argentina and, and Argentina might kind of fall. And um, who knows really? But uh, there might be a new set of teams like Canada and um, Australia and. Sure. I think Croatia might be up there still, and Serbia might have some players still. But, you know, it's going to be a new crop of players, and I feel like, to answer your question, I think USA needs to have more Draymond Green-type role players. Yeah, utility players. Utility? (laughs) Perfect. And um, plug-and-play players, because they don't need the ball. Mm -hmm. And it was very apparent that when... You know, Clay Thompson wasn't getting the ball, or Kyrie Irving wasn't getting the ball. They were literally just... Fucking stumps. They weren't doing anything. So, all right. So, I want to talk about just a few other a few other bullets from from Team USA. One, this is Carmelo's last last 
play oh, yeah. in in Team USA ball. So well, he ended up getting what three gold medals. Three gold medals, good for him. So I I think it's good. It was a great Olympic career, but I it's time for kind of a, the new set of new set of players to yeah, come new, in and new, new crop. Um, it's gonna be exciting, and he'll yeah. He's obviously he he feels like he's moving towards a political career anyway. So it's like yeah. he needs kind of time. He's gonna be running for mayor here outside so. of Team USA. Um, I think uh, Popovich is stepping in as the coach for for the next Team USA. It's interesting, don't you think? I I, I think it's interesting. I, I I think it's interesting in the se- in the sense that I think he might be stepping away from the NBA in a few years, and that might be his only gig. I think in like four or five years, I don't think he's the coach of the Spurs. Sure. Because it's a completely transitioned team from what it was, and he's obviously up there in age. Yeah. And then uh, Team USA, he's kind of an interesting candidate for it because, you know, uh, the Duke coach. Coach K. Coach K, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Edit edit everything else before Coach K. Uh, He's been there for like probably 20 years. Probably since. Late nineties, yeah, and you know he's still up there as a do coach and everything, and so, um, and that's less stress than the NBA. And I think that Popovich is older than him, so yeah, Popovich is older. I th- I think it's a good, it's it's good to kind of get him in that in that ru- in that routine. I think he's going to do wonders for Team USA. You think so? Um, you know, wh- one of the facts as I was kind of doing prep for this episode was. Coach or not, Coach K. Uh, Popovich actually has like the longest consecutive coaching tenure in professional sports. Yeah. So that makes I sense. mean, he is like to your point. I mean, he's not going to be with the Spurs forever. So obviously, they're going to be looking for his successor. And I think he's. I think he leaves his legacy, or he adds to his legacy by by helping in the in, yeah. in the team USA. One thing front. that it was kind of evident though in his, his tenure at San Antonio is that he doesn't handle egos well. But he, he at one point he had like a Steven Jackson. Yeah. And he let him go in like 2 weeks later. <laughs> like you don't handle egos and so team USA is full of egos and so sure. they're they're there for a a championship run. Sure. And a lot of times it's people that... So it it won't yeah. be calls. Like Popovich is just going to make you uh, he's going to make you he goes He's going to make you stay workouts. in the hotels, yeah. in the Olympic hotels, and not in the banana boats. <laughs> um, okay, oh, and the, then the, the last the last segment I wanted to touch on was, uh, you talked a little bit about Spain and Australia. So Spain actually, they edged Australia 80, 89, 88 in that, oh, yeah. in that bronze medal game. So I think that was... That, that's that's pretty awesome, and that's, that's really, really close. So it, it also allows us to... As we look forward to the future, it's like, well, if it's a one-point game there, this could be a whole shakeup kind of moving forward. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no comment really other than the fact that it's it was a close closer uh, core uh, teams than we thought, probably. Yeah. Okay, I want to move on from gameplay into into player activity and, and some rumors, so... Let's start at the top here. So I was looking. I saw that the Bucks signed Jason Terry. <coughs> is that uh, one? Is that confirmed? Yeah, no, it's confirmed. You know, it's so strange. What a like he's still trying to make a check, like a, a paycheck. Yeah, that's really he's out of the league. Yeah, <laughs> he's not going to get any time. He's just kind of like honestly, what an interesting team for him to go to. It's such a strong like young team. 
You know, it might be more of like uh, a move for Jason Kidd to get inside the locker room when he can't get in the side of the locker room at times. Sure. Jason Terry is his man. You're yeah. Like, he's going to hear it. He's going to be the voice. He's going to be the father figure of this team of basically young athletic wings. And he's going to relay back to Kidd. That's my, you know, sure. my take. And it, he's, he's not, not going to play anything. No. Like, if no. He, anything, it's going to be spot minutes at, like, garbage time. So. <laughs> Which, which makes sense. Because he's a garbage man now. <laughs> okay. The, the second story I had was the Lakers assigned this Chinese star, Yi. Yeah. Yi, can you pronounce his name? Yi Jianyan? Uh, of, of course. Of course. <laughs> I, I don't know what I was thinking there. You don't know anything about him? Or I, do you I, don't, know? I, I really don't know anything about he him. He used to be in the NBA. Okay. He's he like a seven-footer. Like, what? He's a seven-footer. He's like... Like 257 feet, and he's played before. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So he played for Milwaukee, played for a couple of other teams. Um, um, he's going to play he's... with Mozgov then. <laughs> <laughs> he was the um, Yao Ming successor. Okay. Trained by Yao Ming, has the same kind of game as Yao Ming, very soft player. Sure. And that's exactly where it ended. He was so soft that he couldn't get on the time of the court. Yeah. Like, just think of, like, those soft bigs. They don't get anywhere. No. He got pushed around and, yeah. Uh, here's his second stint. Congratulations, Lakers. I think this was more of a publicity thing than anything. Yeah. They know they're going to be bad. Let's get more bad and let's get really bad and then popular <laughs> with Chinese players or Chinese fans. Okay. Uh, uh, without being really negative, like, that's what it is. He's not good. Okay. Maybe in five years, separated sure. from the NBA, maybe he has figured it out, but... He's now five years later, you know, removed from the NBA. How is he going to, like... It's it's kind of a big story, bigger story than we're making it out to be, though. Yeah. Because it's like, it's an international game. Let's get some more international players. Yeah. There's not many Chinese players in the NBA right now. No. And, like, their biggest icon right now is Jeremy Lin. So, you know what I mean? Like, and he's not even Chinese. So, like... You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, this no. Is, it's, this it, is a, a nice. It is, it, it's, it's a big deal for international it's a nice, play, and it's nice a big, thing. big deal for for Chinese players to be in the league. It, that's a that's a huge market, yeah. a huge market for the NBA, and it's I, I'm I'm glad that it's happening. I just I frankly did not know that much about him. Like, oh, I, I mean, there's just, not much to know about, and, and and it wasn't like there's not that much on him. He's a soft. He's kind of like a very 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 shitty version of KG. Like in terms of just po- just shooting perimeter shots, okay. he can't shoot the three. He can't shoot in the paint. He just shoots perimeter shots. Um, one of okay, so I want to focus my attention on going to Embiid from the Seventy Sixers. It yeah. sounds like he's coming. He's coming back after his big injury. Is Dude. this what is the what kind of depth does this? This add is the, to the biggest 76ers? story that hasn't been really talked about. Okay, so Joel Embiid uh, was probably should have been the number one pick uh, when Wiggins was picked. But his injuries and his character kind of came in question. So Philadelphia really landed a, an amazing player, amazing prospect um, from his college days. Yeah. And we haven't seen him do anything in the NBA, but he's quick as hell. He's basically Greg Oden with a better body, with a better everything. Yeah. And he can shoot, actually. He can shoot the three, and he has so much more athleticism. And Greg Oden was like the peak athletic big you've, you'll ever see. So he's on that par, on that tier. But he's had a lot of character issues, and he's been injured and kind of been kind of a question mark on social media. And meanwhile, the 76ers have been tanking and drafting bigs and getting more bigs. Yeah. Realizing that they need to figure out one of 
needs to be their star. Meads needs to be their superstar. And I think they figured it out, and I think they figured it out, and it's Embiid. Okay. They drafted Okafor. They have Saric. They have Noel. Yep. They have other bigs, honestly. They have Grant and some other people. But they figured it out through their vetting process, through seeing others big, uh, other, other bigs that they have kind of mature through the season. Mm-hmm. I think they figured it out. This is, this is um, a relic of uh, Brett Brown and Sam Hinkie okay. and how Sam Hinkie basically tanked the team on purpose to get core superstars from the draft because they weren't going to build a superstar team or yeah. a super team <laughs> from getting LeBrons and things like that, right? Yeah. They had to build from the draft. This is a bigger story than we're, t- we're basically letting on right now, and this is the star player for the team moving yeah. forward. He is going to beast it. And I'm saying star player because I know they also have Ben Simmons. Yeah. But without Ben Simmons, they're not going to do anything. Yeah. But without Embiid, they're not going to win a game. <laughs> okay. That's, that's my take. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. We're going we're gonna to revisit this, but this is just basically one of the stories I, I kind of crossed through. Today. So basically it's Simmons and Embiid, and they're going to get rid of probably Noel and Okafer. That's okay. my that's my thinking. Makes sense. I don't want Okafer on my team either. Um, okay, so the last last piece of news: our boy Chris Dunn suffered a concussion, but it's he suffered a concussion what in like game two of the like the summer yeah game season game here. two or game three yeah. And but he's he's going to be up and running, and he's he's running again and practicing. So yeah, I mean it's probably big news for us as Timberwolves fans, but it's not because it's kind of standard procedure. People get minor concussions. Yeah. And, um, you know, maybe it's easier to stay safe in the summer league just to be like, be very precautionary sure. and anything, any type of symptom, just like pull them out. Okay. So can you give a, can you give a context for kind of everybody following along here of where we're, where we're at in terms of preparation towards the season? So, I mean, we're just kind of, we just got through, got through the Olympics and there's, there's some players there. There's other players kind of in summer league ball where are we at and kind of what's the what's the interaction between between the teams and the players or what's the, yeah well essentially in the next in essentially in the next 10 to uh you know, 10 days to 2 weeks teams are going to get together okay. and then they start basically their the practice they start their preseason sure in terms of training and something like camp summer camp essentially and then end of september preseason starts mm-hmm. so we're basically Right at the prefaces of when the season's going to start. Sure. So, so in, the, in this through September, in this pre-period, let me just stop you for one one point here. In this pre-period, our coaches coaches are not actually allowed to interact with players yet. Isn't that? I thought that's what I saw when I was. Yeah, doing they're some not research. allowed to. No, that's okay. correct. So this this is all still kind of self prep at this point. Yeah. Before you get into right in into league, but go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say. So then. Summer, then preseason starts, and preseason is basically end of September through October. Okay. And then October, there's a week between end of preseason and the start of season. Okay. So we're right there. We're right there. All right. So I want to I want to kind of wrap up this week in basketball with a little bit of lighter news. So the, the first story that I saw was John, John Wall and, and – John Wall and Bradley Beal, like oh, yeah. I don't know if it's a, if it's a thing. I really don't think it's a thing. I think the media is kind of getting in the middle of this story. John Wall doesn't have that. Bradley Beal signed that huge contract because of the new TV deal, and basically John Wall doesn't have that huge contract because he's not 
He's not into it yet. Yeah. He's going to get that same kind of money. I, I don't think there's a story here. Do you think there is? No. Okay. There's no story. We're not, we're not, not going to get into this is, this is basically, well, I mean, I love these types of topics that come up, but it's basically like... It's a non-story. These guys are getting paid to create these stories. Like, that's, that's on them, you know? Sure. All right. So a couple stories re- related to Kobe. So the first one is that oh, yeah. there was a Kobe Bryant day in L.A. So, like, he's, August 24th. Yeah, he was basically, you know, he got his, he got his own special day and, like, every, I heard... I don't think it was his... Was it his birthday, too? I don't, I don't, I don't know, know that much like, about him. I, I heard, like, people were singing, like, happy birthday to Kobe. I'm like, I don't even think it's his birthday, which is which is pretty funny. Well, um, I guess in Kobe's world, every day is his birthday. Yeah, you know? I you got to recite it for him. Um, the other thing that happened around Kobe was they're choosing which number to retire from, from the Lakers. So will it be 8? Will it be 8? Will it be 24? It's 24. So, and, and then he... It can't he, be 8. He gave an awesome remark about, like... It doesn't matter which one. It's going to be very hard for that other player, for the next player to wear the other jersey. So, classic Kobe That's remark. Good. That's good, yeah. Um, a little bit of an interesting story, though. Kobe actually sets up, he's kind of positioning himself for life beyond basketball. Yeah. And he set up his own investment firm. Yeah. Like, I think it has like $100 million looking for investments in, in, in tech and, mm-hmm. and media and everything like that. So, there are players that are doing that already, like LeBron's doing that too. And yeah. People but, are getting smarter yeah, about their I, money. I think he's going to be active in it. And I think, I think Kobe has that will to win that he could be really successful. Yeah. You know, he just needs to, he needs to surround himself with good people. And I just like, on one hand, thinks like he's really going to make it happen. And the other hand, I just keep... I keep flashing back to that, what, what is it, that documentary, that 30 for 30 broke, where it's just like, you trusted this guy with your money and this is what happened. Oh, yeah. I don't think Kobe is going to allow that kind of crap to happen, but it's just like, I am so nervous, like these oh. type of like financial deals. You know, the, the, the top stars have like all their own legal representation, everybody else around them, so I don't think they're going to let it happen. I think the, you know, the ones at the bottom are the ones without like the... The huge support. posse of, yeah. of business support posse, are the yeah. ones that kind of get taken advantage of. The insane cloud posse. Um, the last piece of lighter news, which I found pretty funny, was there was a petition in, in I oh, believe yeah. it's Oklahoma. There was a town called Durant that somebody actually put in a petition to change it to Westbrook. Is this a good? Is this a good thing or a bad thing? I love it. I think they should do it. They should do it just for like the sake of hilarity. Um, there's a town in Minnesota called Wiggins. Did you know that? No, I did not. Dude, know that. exit 35A. Something. And it, but it doesn't have to be changed. It's already no, that way. It's already Wiggins. So, all right. So that wraps up the lighter news for the week. So change it to Westbrook. Change change it to Westbrook. So that wraps up. That wraps up the news. News for the weeks. We're going to come back with our feature on coaches, coaches around the league. So yeah, stay, stay with tuned. us. All right, we're back with our coaches segment for the week. So you know th- this should be interesting. So there's there's 30 coaches in the NBA, but there were there was a lot of movement as we got towards the end of the last offseason. So we want to kind of touch on some of the bigger changes and some of some of the activity in, in some teams that we think are really going right. gonna to go through some interesting transition throughout For this sure. year. So if you just want to kind of kick it off with the team and we're going to kind of start down our list. 
Well, we had that hurricane, you know, the hurricane, uh, we'll call it the Hurricane Durant, where uh, Durant moved on and all these other player uh, players have changed teams and shifted teams. But it was because of so many other factors that teams had to make moves. And part of the moves that teams had to make were addressing who's going to lead these teams. And so these coaches, of course, you know, God bless them all. Yes. <laughs> they 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 have kind of an, un, an impossible task of leading leading these players into um, a winning situation. Honestly, some of these uh, teams aren't destined to win anything this year, and they have to kind of take it on the chin and and ride it ride the waves, right? Oh, of course. Be part of the worst. Be part of the mediocre. Be part of the just about to, um, and then be part of the Steve Kerr. Um, posse (laughs) and just have to sit there. Steve Kerr posse or like everyone, you know, in in my research kind of up to this, I saw just, you know, everyone, it's like you're connected to Steve and connected to the Warriors over the last couple of years or you were connected to Popovich Popovich, in in some way and that accounted for quite a number of different coaches. Yeah. And actually, we're going to list off some coaches and we're going to list off maybe some assistant coaches maybe. but. What's so funny is that there's a rise of ex-players becoming head coaches and assistant coaches, and they're kind of laughable. A lot of them yeah. are just like, you wouldn't have ex- expected them to be coaches. Yeah, no, I, I, definitely, I definitely saw that. And I, I, had, I had one kind of interesting question, like, how successful are, th- are these player coaches going to be? And that, that was my serious question. The, the other question I had is, who is the best player? Yeah. Who is, like... If you were to take these these player coaches out of their prime, who is the best player of the player coaches? <laughs> I think it might be Kerr. Kerr, yeah, probably. I think it might be Kerr, but I don't know. Like, wasn't Elvin Gentry a? Well, we have Patrick Ewing on the assistant coaching staff. Oh, uh, okay, Charlotte. okay. If I... And we got Luke Walton, baby Luke Walton. <laughs> he's not. He's not gonna beat Kerr in my book for <laughs> even for a player. Well, Definitely not for a coach. Yeah. So. I kind of read through the offseason notes, a lot of the changes, and just was like, that happened, that happened, that happened, and just, you have to, it would took so long to absorb it all, and the way that I chose to absorb it is kind of breaking it down into, like, doesn't matter, has potential, high potential, sure. and core core groups for leading their teams, core okay. coaching groups to lead their teams. Okay. And so... We might be kind of going through this kind of quickly, but it's basically um, you know, just a segment. It's just kind of to over over. It's like to glance over what's happened. There's been so much movement in the NBA with players, with personnel, coaches as part of that, and it's just uh, we would love to talk to you about it and get into it. Okay, so let's. But in the detail that we will. Yeah, let's just let's just start it out. So I think one of the more fascinating teams. That's not fascinating at all is the Brooklyn Nets. And the reason why I listed them first is because there's no one on that team. There's Jeremy Lin and others. <laughs> so that's, they've, that's they've basically gutted their team. They're so in the hole. Um, their owner's in, fl- in flux. Their GM's in flux. I think it's Billy King. And their coach is this brand-new coach, Kenny Atchison. And there's not much to really say on this. It's just that how are they going to be relevant I don't. They're not going to be relevant, and they're not. They're not going to go and buy those superstars again. I don't like. This is. This is like you want your first NBA coaching experience. This is not like you are doing this for experience and for resume building. You are not doing this to win any sort of their ex head coach. Their ex head coach is now their assistant head coach. Like I am. It's just so messed up. <laughs> uh, moving on, the a, a team that I really have so much sympathy over 
is the Sacramento Kings. Like they're like they've done themselves dirty so hard. Their owner, like you know, I I am a part. I guess I'm related to him in some degree because we're both Indian. But he's taken what it means to be an owner of a team and just just tainted it with everything that's wrong. He's thrown things like Nick Rocks out and you know like all these other random things and. The things that he's done the worst at is management. He's the manager of the team, the owner of the team, and he's brought in all sorts of people. Most recently, Vivek has brought in uh, Vlade and his group of friends over the past season. Yeah. And they had uh, Mike Malone as the coach and probably the best coach for uh, Boogie Cousins, honestly. Yeah. But Boogie Cousins has seen a head coach every year, just like a brand new head coach, basically every year. Maybe Keith Smart is one, the only one that's been you know, there for consecutive years. So Boogie Cousins, once again, has a brand new coach, a brand new identity. No, He's not lasting. No, no, no. He's but he's out of there. The coach is probably the most prestige coach that they've brought in, and it's Dave Yorger from Memphis. So in terms of commentary, it's basically Dave Yorger was canned from Memphis after a very uh, formidable effort in the postseason with a bunch of scrubs because everyone was injured. Sure. Moments later, got picked up by Sacramento, and he chose Sacramento. Yeah. Um, so he has a pretty interesting background, though. Yeah. Wasn't he like he was like coaching like D League or Independent yeah. League? So I mean, he, he's had he kind of makes a story. pretty meteoric rise. Yeah. Into NBA coaching, so I mean, to be in Sacramento maybe isn't that great, but for where he was, like mm-hmm. I think he's in a in a spot that he can continue to improve. And well, I think it, he might find himself. Not this year. Yeah. He might find himself in a better position, better coaching position. Well, there were three candidates to uh, basically succeed uh, Flip Saunders. Mm-hmm. It was Sam Mitchell, it was Dave Yorger, and Flip and uh, and um, Fred Hoiberg. And those were the three people that were the candidates. And, um, and I guess Mike Malone to a degree. Anyways, long story short, Dave Yorger is well-respected. Mm-hmm. Or Yeager, sorry. And he's well-respected, and he's done so much with the Memphis Grindhouse team that he's going to succeed, but succeed might be a different definition in Sacramento. Uh, Phoenix had a slew of coaches recently. They've had Jeff Hornacek. They've had uh, other, other like Keith Smart and other players that have turned coaches. And most recently, they've just decided that Earl Watson is their new head coach. So Earl Watson is their head coach. Earl Watson's a former player. And correct? Earl Watson's a former player, and he's done nothing in the NBA. <laughs> and I'm really scared. I'm scared for this franchise because they're <laughs> they're burning so many bridges, and they have like Tyrone Corbin as one of their head assistant coaches, and they have Devin Booker and Marquise Chris and all these players that have such high potential, and they're just gonna they're just not positioning themselves with the coaching regime that's my feeling on it so any thoughts so, uh, here, here's one interesting thought i just like hornacek leaves doesn't hornacek end up going to the he ends up going to the knicks yeah which, and we're gonna we'll get, get to into that. in a little bit yeah. but man i find that kind of interesting i i don't know i do not have faith in this team winning very much this year. They're probably going to be uh, bottom barrel. And yeah. so this is what I'm kind of, I'm leading the discussion based sure. on the worst to yeah. probably of the course, best. Of course. And so these these teams are really going to be bad based not only on their team but based on their coaching structure. Okay. The next one I found very interesting because I think they look like they're a playoff team. But I don't think they're going to be one. Okay. Based okay. on coaching decisions only. Sure. Frank Vogel was fired by Indiana and recently, like, immediately the assistant head coach became the head coach of Indiana, Nate McMillan. Yep. But Orlando picked up 
Frank Vogel, which was amazing, and then everything else came to play. They got Serge Ibaka, they got um, Bismack Biombo, they got Jeff Green, they got um, Jody Meeks, they got, I don't know, DJ Augustine. They got all these players that don't do anything for what their team was, which is a young, up-and-coming, like, yeah, powerhouse, I felt. Yeah. With The weekend, you know, Alfred Payton. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Gordon and Mario Zonia and everything. They have the youngest GM in the league, and I think he wanted to make a splash. He's a new GM. He wanted to make a splash. They just fired their other coach, Scott Skiles, and other thing. They wanted to make a big splash, and they made a big splash by all these moves. Sure. And they have Corliss Williamson as their assistant coach. Remember Corliss Williamson, like the seven foot slugger that from Sacramento that yeah. doesn't do anything. He just kind of is there and is bald. <laughs> he was there. And they got David Allman from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, and he was a good he was a good assistant from a biased perspective, yep. but he never played in the NBA. He never played NBA. He just was the son of you know Rick Adelman. Yeah, I think this is this is unfortunate because I think Frank Vogel is such a great coach. He doesn't have a coaching staff to back him up. Okay, so and you, they so have such actually, a weird. You're not actually making this 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 coaching decision on. On Vogel, on Vogel himself, no. it's really his his supporting staff and the owner. Okay, so this is a this is a unique situation that I wanted to bring into okay. the light of whoops, we screwed up, and this coach this team is not going anywhere because they have amazing players that they decided to curb aside for Serge Ibaka's and you know Bismack Biombos. Yeah, I'm I'm worried about. Orlando. So it's like it's like talent development versus kind of immediate stardom. I'm really worried about them. Okay, All so right. then. This is like probably like the final team on this bracket, or this core of teams that probably have no chance of anything, and it's the Philadelphia 76ers. They actually look very good yeah. in terms of their potential. That's what you have to ride on when you're such a bad team is potential. <laughs> they let go of they let it, they let them go in kind of like a like a weird um high school relationship where like I don't want to talk to you anymore and I'm going to set you notes and I'm just going to like you know or middle school maybe sorry or elementary school with Sam Hinty Sam Hinkey the writing was on the wall when they were like let's bring in uh, Mike D'Antoni let's bring in uh, Brian Colangelo let's put you in your place which is in the corner Sam Hinkey and now you have to accept your role of corner you know like you're not even a part of the staff you're just there at the corner he stepped down basically he was fired and they brought in um, Brian Colangelo, which is super suspect, and he's had a really weird relationship with the NBA um, and his father as well, and they're the owners now, and they've kept the head coach, Brett Brown, who's basically been like... He's just kind of let this team tank, tank. Throughout, throughout the whole season. He's been a huge like um, positive, though, because he's been like their father, there's been mentor, he's their head coach, because they've been young and bad. They have no veterans, you know? No, I. I think they had Jason Richardson at one point. Yeah, like they don't have any veterans. I get, I get that. I just, I don't know. I, I don't like. I don't really like a coach who's kind of gone through all of that. It's like stayed. I mean, I, I, I think he gets to a point where he's got a more cohesive team and maybe can build from that. But yeah. I don't know. Is is he the right? Is he the right person to build it moving forward? Right, right, right. Yeah. So then the next set of teams, I might not list every one of them. Sure. But I'll just list off a couple names. Um. Denver, Mike Malone. Um, good for them. I think the team is going to suck. I don't think the coaching staff is anything but neutral. Okay. Atlanta Hawks. I think the coaching staff, the head coach is great. He's, he's a pop guy. He's a cur dude. But they, haven't, they have Dwight Howard. 
No, I don't. I don't so yeah. how do you manage that ego? And how do you have no support on the team? And your coaching staff is kind of minimal mm-hmm. in terms of development. And they have a super. They have a quote unquote superstar in Dwight Howard. <laughs> Qu- quote unquote. Yeah. That's, I mean, if you have any comments on any of these that. teams, please chip in. No, but I, who, it's what, just, what's the name of the uh, of the Hawks coach? Do we know? It's um, it's Bud Buddinghoser Buddinghoser. Okay, yeah. He was an assistant coach for for uh, the Spurs. For, oh, for the Spurs. And he's been a head coach for a couple of years. Okay, but he's been a head coach for Atlanta for a couple of years. Sure. Um, here's a team I think you're gonna you know take reins on. Okay. Um, so those two teams are these are these are the teams that like the coaching. I'm really I'm 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 very I will say neutral on, but you might have a different opinion on the New York Knicks uh, situation. Phil Jackson has taken over. He's uh, Fired their head coach and revamped. You know, no more Derek Fisher. No, yeah, it's but he, but now. He stays, but he stays with the the damn player coach. I know. So he stays with Hornacek. I mean, with what Hornacek did in did for Phoenix, I don't know. Like, I I think they have the pieces to be a lot better. I don't think Hornacek's going to push them to that level. I think they need a higher caliber, a higher caliber, a higher caliber coach who's just like. Who's more experienced in kind of high level coaching? I so. view this as a very similar situation as David Blatt. David Blatt was an amazing coach, and so is Jeff Hornacek. Honestly, he's a great coach. But you have to buy the system, and there's so many uh, factors that are not even part of the game that are part of it that led to David Blatt's firing, which is like LeBron James and LeBron James. But isn't and this, this year in this and this team is all Phil Jackson? And if so, if Phil Jackson doesn't see something that's more triangle like, that's not like yeah. part of the system that Jeff Hornacek was brought into, um, you know, fester to. So does it, let, let me get your take on this though. So because like Hornacek is following under just a legendary coach in Phil Jackson, doesn't he have like just extraordinary standards to, yeah, to fill in anyways? That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, it's a hard job to take on a head coaching a head coaching position anywhere in the NBA. Yeah. But now you're doing it under the supervision of one of the greatest coaches of all time. And you have to and you have to be at the level in probably one of the biggest markets in basketball. Yeah. I just I don't Hornacek may be good. I just I don't think he has all the components to bring this all together. At my, least at least not this year. My controversial hot take on what you just said okay. is that I don't think Phil Jackson is one of the greatest coaches ever. Okay, all right. All right. I think he's one of the luckiest coaches uh, ever. Okay, we'll move on. Then. Okay. Gonna, we won't touch well, on that. No, I'm not going to dwell. I'm not going to dwell right. on that. I'm not going to dwell on that. I think you're right on in, with Jeff Hornacek. Okay. I just think it's very neutral. Um, moving on, Memphis, they fired Dave, uh, Jager, David Yeager, and they hired this basically a goateed-looking dude from Miami named David Fisdale. And was he an assistant? He was an assistant. An assistant, and he just wanted, he's always wanted a head coaching job, and he's, always, and he's always been part of the interviewing process. But Memphis has swooped him up. Memphis looks like a really fucked-up team, and they have, and I quote, Nick Van Axel as an assistant head coach. <laughs> and like, that is news, man. That is and fucking Baker news. Bickerstaff is also an assistant coach. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I, they actually have quite a, a, a foundation going in Memphis right now. But then they have the players, the Mike Conley $150 million. They have the 
um, Chandler Parsons, which we don't even want to. No, let's. Not, we've already let's moved not on. Touch that right and now. you know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't know. That team looks really weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think Fisdale can do it here. I, I, I think, I think Memphis is. They're competing towards the bottom. If, yeah, if, if, it's if at a all, crazy West right now. If, if at all, I think they have. I think they have enough talent here. I don't think they have enough coaching. Not no. to, not to really elevate. To, it's a weird to the up. To the, you know that that first quartile. Of yeah. The, uh, <laughs> of the, the next Western team. Conference. The next team that I'm going to breeze through. It's actually a really deep topic, but we won't get into it. Um, Mike D'Antoni was let go, or actually, I think he left the Philadelphia 76ers with the hope of just like nurturing what the prog- progression was going to be like. Sure. He immediately tackled this. Uh, Houston job. He got the Houston job right away. He's going to implement his whole seven or seconds or less offense, and he has to handle James Harden. So I don't know. It's man. Corey Brewer, James Harden. It's like uh, Ryan Anderson and Eric Gordon and all these three point shooters and seven seconds seven seconds or less offense. And that is a. It's going to be a really. That's weird a recipe team. for disaster with that. Yeah. That team. I it don't. It could be. It could be a success, but it's going to be a different level of success. Could. And it's not going to be mark. Phoenix Suns level. So. It's, it's okay. It's not. It's not. It's not Suns. We'll we'll agree to that. Yeah. It's, it's above the Suns, but I don't think I don't think D'Antoni's going to make. I think the Rockets are going to struggle this season. I, okay. I think they're especially for cohesion here. I think so too. I'm going to list off some teams like within ten seconds, and these are teams that I think are situated very well. They're not risk. They're not risk enveloped with uh, coaching. Their teams are standard. And it's going to be Milwaukee with Kid. It's going to be Utah Jazz and Quinn Snyder. And Detroit Pistons, which I think is super exciting mm-hmm. uh, with Stan Van Gundy. This is bad boys are back. He has Tim Hardaway on the coaching staff and Malik Allen, if you remember them, yep. as players. And I also think that Charlotte is also um, definitely very palpable as a, as a team that could be on the rise, but their coaching staff is going to be definitely enabling them. Um, and I think with Patrick Ewing and Blair, Steve Clifford is the head coach, and Patrick Ewing is there, and he's done really well. Um, is sorry uh, to stop on 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 Charlotte. Is Steve Clifford a change? No, a change for no. Charlotte. So he's the same. Coach, he's the same. Same coach that brought him to the playoffs. So mm-hmm. you know, just commenting on the Hornets, I think they're, you know, I think I think they're going to make the playoffs. I, I definitely I think, so think I, I think they have enough coaching talent here, and I think they have enough player talent to really get. To really drive into the playoffs, I, I think it'd be it'd be interesting to see what they can what they can continue to build upon from prior seasons. But so we mentioned on. we mentioned Orlando and how they picked up um, Frank Vogel. Yeah. Frank Vogel was the head coach of Indiana, and he was let go in a very interesting mo- uh, series of events uh, after the season. Within minutes, seriously minutes, <laughs> Nate McMillan was the as, was announced as the new head coach. Uh, this is a team. That probably has potential for top four in the East. Yeah. I really think so. They've really kind of rebranded themselves. They have, you know, Al Jefferson and all this stuff. Well, top four because, you know, they're going to be behind the New York Knicks because the New York Knicks have assured us they're not going to lose a game. That's right. <laughs> Damn. Derrick Rose has figured it out, man. He's like, I'm looking, at the, I'm looking at the schedule. I'm looking at our team, and we're like, we can win every game. That's never happened in the history of the NBA. <laughs> it's like... We have a chance to win every game. Nope. Oh my God, <laughs> Derek Rose. So, so can you talk about starting it out? Can you wrong. talk about Nate McMillan though? From the where did Nate McMillan move from? So, f- well, so 
Yeah, yeah. He was a he's, he's been a head coach before. Okay. He was a head coach uh, in Seattle. Oh, that's he right. He was also that's a head coach in in Portland, but um, he's been back in the NBA on and off. But he's been basically in a, an assistant coach point of view, and he's been an assistant coach for in Indiana for like three or four years. So he's okay. not moving anywhere. He's just accepted a basically a promotion. Okay. Yeah, I but, th- I think he's got a great team. I I think that with Paul George healthy, the yeah. They're going to make a run. And, and you're right. Top four is about right where I'd put them. And I'm just going to list off some things that you might not know. Bill Baino is one of the best assistant head coaches. That's It's part of his team. Sure. And um, Popeye Jones. Popeye Jones from, from the, player, right? the player. He had a crazy face uh, and a really bad game. But he's a really good <laughs> player development coach. And so sure. that's he's on their team. Uh, or one of the player development coaches. Okay, so then... Uh, things that I probably won't touch on because there haven't been much changes. Um, New Orleans Pelicans have st- still have Alan Gentry, and uh, Toronto Raptors still have you know Dwayne Casey and the same you know glut of their players. But um, one of the uh, biggest moves I feel was when Durant left. Not only did Durant leave, not only did Serge Ibaka leave, not only did you know. Uh, all these other players leave, or like Dion Waiters. Nah. Um, but they let go of Scott Brooks. So Scott Brooks was, oh, sorry. Scott Brooks was out of the NBA for a year, right? Yeah, he was. And he was replaced by Billy Donovan. Yep. So Scott Brooks didn't have a job. Yep. And I think Washington said enough is enough with a, a coach that should have never been a coach in the NBA in Randy Whitman. He should have never been a head coach in the NBA. They finally figured it out after like seven years. Yep. Like, don't waste their prime. Yeah. So they picked up Scott Brooks. I think this is so good. I, I, I really like this. I, I think Scott – so Scott Brooks was – he was influential in some very competitive OKC teams. So yeah. I think, I think it, he at least has the, the, the coaching potential to drive, to drive Washington back to a better state. I don't know if they're going to, like, rock it up in the east, but they're, I think they're going to be competitive again. I have a feeling that he's going to be unleashed on this team, really? Scott Brooks, because yeah. he had to deal with egos every step of the way at yeah. OKC. James Harden, Reggie Jackson, you know, yeah, Russell Westbrook, and so it's like Durant. You, you get John Wall, you get Bradley Beal, like you, you get, get a team that wants to beat a team together. Yeah. yeah, I really, I'm really excited for this move, okay. and I'm really excited that um, more Minnesota uh, rel- uh, related people are still in the NBA. So we got Sidney Lowe still hanging out, and um, David Atkins and Scott Brooks. Okay. They're all part of that team. Okay. So I just mentioned. Um, you, you mentioned you you mentioned Alvin Gentry at from Pelicans. So yeah, no, we don't need to touch on that. Maybe, maybe we'll go down to uh, Chicago talk about Freddie Hoiberg. Yeah, so this is another uh, group that is, is staying the same, mm-hmm. but the whole team underneath them has been completely revamped. Sure. Um, I think Fred Hoiberg uh, was an amazing assistant co- or um, a, a, an amazing college coach at Iowa State. Yep. I think uh, that may have uh, given him a chance that he shouldn't have been given. This is a bit. This is a big change, man. I yeah. like I. I think this team performs. They have enough just raw talent to perform, but I don't know. Is, is Freddie is Freddie Hoiberg gonna be the? Is he gonna be the 
factor in making this team successful? No, right? I don't really think so. No. I, you know, I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, and we'll, we'll let it see. You know, let's see how it drops throughout the course of the season yeah. here, but I don't know. Well, I rated this as a really high uh, probability for success yeah. with Chicago because I think the team really wants to win, and they're going to put it all under Jimmy Butler and Rondo and Wade and you know Miritich. And I think they have some tools in the players, and then the coaching staff looks really solid, but not like you know awestruck. Like I'm jaw dropping at this coaching staff. Sure. But anyways, um, two other teams that I'll just mention briefly. Portland Trailblazers and OKC, they've basically stayed the same. Um, I personally think that Portland Trailblazers look like a team that's going to exceed expectations once again. Mm-hmm. The, te- the I don't know. I think they're so set up for success. So, and- so let, me, let me touch on one thing. I, I completely agree with the Trailblazers' uh, remark. However, this with all the changes in OKC, I don't, like, what, is, what is the focal point of Billy Donovan's coaching impact this season i mean what is he going to actually try to do because it's like they're not going to be at the the same level Mm -hmm. yes they still have westbrook but they don't have all the other components so what is what does he do to keep these guys motivated well this is his first this is essentially his first year as a head coach because last year was basically kevin durant and russell westbrook leading the way yeah he was basically just of course um, yeah service uh he gets to decide certain things now i think um, they have a lot of youth, and he's really good with youth, as his success in Florida has shown. So I think he's going to be fine. I think he might not be the reason why they succeed or fail, okay. but he's definitely on um, a great situation, I think, for him. Sure. But they haven't changed anything. All right. So you, now here. You're putting, this, you're putting this a little high. Get, get into the context of how you made this decision first. This is, with the so this next group okay. is high potential or, like, the high, like high risk, high potential. Okay, high, high, high risk, high reward. Okay. Yeah, it's none other than babyface Luke Walton and the Los Angeles Lakers. Twenty-four straight, twenty-four straight. That that qualifies him to be the head coach of the Lakers. I mean, <laughs> Un- unbelievable. I mean, just like I think he's gonna bust so hard. <laughs> I, I mean, like, can can we put money on a mid-season firing? Like, I, I feel like that's what's going to happen here. I don't. I don't think he's going to get fired. He's not going to be part of the blame. Okay. All right. I think they're going to be very bad very early, very quickly, all season long. Sure. So, like a like a 270% winning average or yeah. something like that? Yeah. <laughs> they have, and I quote, these are all ex-NBA players. Theo Robertson, Mark Madsen, Judd Blitchler, Brian Shaw, Tracy Murray. Tracy Murray, man. What a coach. James Worthy. Like, what is happening? This is such a mess of... And then it's it's all being run by this 34-year-old, Luke Walton. Oh, my God. I just, like... He actually might be not even 34. This gives me just, like... It's just it's a shock, honestly. Me, like heartburn, just like, yeah. thinking about this team, man. It's just like I, just crazy indigestion. It's like, so funny why, though. Like why, why, why? This is the Lakers. This isn't like this isn't the Jazz. This isn't the Magic. Come on, man. This is the storied Lakers. 
Why are you doing this? I'm kind of happy in a way, though, because it's like they've never suffered as a franchise. Okay, uh, and that's maybe, this is going to be maybe the, that's the, fine. This and, is going to be the clowniest team, and and maybe they exceed expectations. But ex- I think expectations are going to get reset real quickly yeah. at the beginning of the season. All right, let's move away from that. Let's yeah. let's move to our boys and T Wolves. So the Thibber Wolves, Minnesota Thibber Wolves. Um, they let go of Sam Mitchell. He was basically an interim head coach, so he didn't really have the title anyways. Yeah. And I think we did him dirty because he really did well. Mm-hmm. But enough about Sam Mitchell. We got Tom Thibodeau. Yeah. Tom Thibodeau, who took his time after he was uh, essentially fired from Chicago to really assess his options. And I think that was the smartest thing for him. And thank God, because we're biased Wolves fans here, that he picked <laughs> us. Um, I think the interview process was really uh, short. And potently direct to the people that we were going to hire. We basically interviewed uh, three people, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and we hired a, 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 a counseling group to help oversee all operations on this. So it was kind of Glenn Taylor kind of stepping aside and letting another firm kind of really operate um, the process. And honestly, the top seated coach wanted us. Right. I mean, I just I have I have nothing but positivity to say here. Like I will I'm, say that um, there's nothing negative to say about Tom Thibodeau. There's literally nothing to be said that's negative. I think he's been put in such amazing positions with Boston, yeah. with Chicago, and now with the Timberwolves. With the fact that we are so young and hungry, the fact that we're so malleable, like we we can be molded into mm-hmm. whatever the hell he wants it us to be. Yep. And we are so. Like athletic, we've never seen a team like this probably in almost the history of the NBA with such athleticism in every position. And we have a Tom Thibodeau guy to oversee it all in Chris Dunn in the back. Sure. We have Wiggins and Levine that are just super athletic wings that are so defensively oriented. And we have Carl Anthony Towns in the helm of it all. Sure. And he's going to lead by example. He's going to be the vocal leader. He's going to be the Joachim Noah. We're going to see. Tom Thibodeau in action, and I think his biggest um, risk is developing an offense with this team. Sure. How are we going to do this with a Ricky he's, Rubio? He's going to develop a strong defense around this team. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt in my mind that's going to occur. It's just, yeah. Do yeah. they have a strong enough offense, and can they and then can they come out with guns blazing around it? Yeah. Can you so, talk about the assistant coaches that mm-hmm. kind of stayed in this transition? Yeah, well, there's only been one. Everything was gutted except for one, and it's basically the – um, suitor, you know, like uh, Ryan Saunders yeah. from uh, Flips passing. I think it was really nice that we've kept him. Yeah. I think he's actually a better assistant head coach than people think. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not just here by association. He was probably the most pivotal reason, and he's been quoted as the most pivotal reason for John Wall's development wow. was Ryan Saunders. Wow. Ryan Saunders was, you know, an assistant head coach at Washington yep. when Flip was the head coach there. And his whole role is to work with young players. And I think it's going to be so great because we have a core of young players. Actually, our whole team is young. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm so happy that he's there. And then we have these old folks in Andy Greer and Rick Bronson. And I think what's great about them is that they're offensively minded. And one of them is an international scout. So we're really set up, but we have a really small and unfinished, we'll say, coaching staff. Sure. All right, so let's we're gonna obviously get into the wolves time and time and time yeah. again. So we'll, let's uh, let's continue down through the uh, yeah 
last portion of our sure. Of so our teams. things that I'm going to quickly glance them all. Um, Cleveland with Ty Lue, um, Dallas with uh, Rick Carlisle, yep. Um, yep. and Boston with uh, Brad Stevens. I think those teams are just set, um, set with their coaching, set with their coaching staff. Even though Dallas looks like they might be underperforming this season, mm-hmm. I think their coaching staff is just it's, the it's best. Not, you're not going to blame Rick Carlisle. No. You're not going to blame Brad Stevens. Like I think no. Brad Stevens is a huge asset to Boston. Yeah. I think I think they just have a lot of integration components to work through this season. So, but I think Brad Stevens is is a coach that can do that. So, um, I'm yeah. I'm interested to see them. I don't know if he can. I don't know if he can compete kind of in the the big like. The interesting thing with Brad Stevens is can he compete at the highest level of the East? Right. Maybe. I don't know if he can, though. So uh, in addition to this, we have uh, Doc Rivers and Clippers. Um, and we have Eric Spolstra with the Heat. We have Greg Popovich with the Spurs and Steve Kerr with the Warriors. So these are the like, teams that are probably going to succeed. They have coaching staffs that have been so... So um, you, th- you even think you think Spolstra is going to do fine w- with the major modifications to the Heat this yeah, year? Yeah, I think so. And I, the reason why I'm saying that is that it's this is from a coaching perspective only. Sure, sure, sure. Not necessarily the fact that they are going to be a playoff team or not. Okay. I think the coaching staff is so set up and it's so foundational to lead their team. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to talk about the Spurs or the Warriors. Of they course, look like they're golden. This is kind of a, a bit of a hot uh, subject here with the Heat. Um, but I think of the tenured coaches in the league, these are the teams that have stayed the same. The last you know, seven or eight coaches I just listed off before the Wolves, mm-hmm. or just now, mm-hmm. are all the same. Mm-hmm. That, that, has, that had a lot of weight to me. In terms of course, of, of course. Everything else was like... Of course. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. I, the Heat the heat in Spolstra, but who he's coaching is, yeah. is just... The only conversation, but uh, you qualified it. You qualified it from the right sense. Like he already has the framework. You know what you're getting into. Like that. That's a recipe for success down there. You just it. It may may or may not be a playoff contender just based upon. I think competition. I think this season was such a this off season was such a whirlwind that Miami will probably benefit every off season until things are settled down. Because it's such a destination. That that's a very interesting point, and that's and I think we probably need to revisit again because it's 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 definitely gonna. And I think the coaching staff is probably another positive. It's not in flux. It's not changing. It's Mm -hmm. not. It's it's home. Mm -hmm. It's such an embodied uh, structure there. So how long has Spolster been there? Do you know? Seven eight. Oh, I don't. It it it's been a long time. Six seven years. Yeah, it's been it's been a very very 2010, long time. 2010? Yeah. yeah, we can't there's nothing to say about Pop. There's nothing to say about Pop that may, he'll probably we'll see if he gives shorter interviews this year. Um you know, I, he's not going to change his style, but he <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to be said except under, for some of his assistants, interviews. some of his assistants are um like top head coaching. Oh, of course, of prospects. course, and you, and you saw that, and I and I definitely saw that in in kind of doing the research through this. If they were connected to Pop, or if they were connected to the Warriors <laughs> over the last couple of seasons, you are you just because of where you were coming from, you you made yourself a contender for right. some of these other teams. So you know, as I, I, I think it'll be that way. I I don't know how long it'll stay that way. So. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I kind of, as I made this list, I think I probably should have put Portland higher. And I put a, probably should put other teams higher. It's it's fine. We're still, you know, we're still a long ways out from the season. And I think, you know, I, I think the the kind of the result that we we're trying to get to is like there have been a lot of movement. But this is this is really looking at coaches and looking at ownership and and movement is is the first kind of critical point in looking at the lens of what's going to happen with your team. Mm-hmm. So we're really, as we get in into new episodes moving forward, we're really going to focus on players. We're really going to kind of f- focus on players, matchups, conferences as we get into that. But really, I just wanted to, I wanted to set this up. And, you know, I think this has just been a, a great run through. And we'll, we'll continue to talk about coaches, but we're going to from kind of here on out, as we get into the season, we're going to take one head coach yeah. and kind of look at it around one oh, yeah. team or a oh, yeah. you know over a stretch of games or something like that. So, all right, so that kind of wraps up our coaching episode. Thanks, Guy, for all all the research on this one. This is this has been an awesome episode. So, uh, we're gonna we're gonna come right back and we're gonna get into our, our wrap up for the year. All right, so, so this is Hondo and Gee with Riding the Pine. So next week on Riding the Pine, we're going to talk about next week in basketball. We're going to do an awesome special spotlight on rookies and sophomores who are going to so make excited. We're going to make an impact on this year's teams. That's a can't miss episode. No, this is definitely a can't miss episode, and I think we're going to be we're going to get into the fifties for remaining days until the uh, NBA season drops. So it's the final countdown. Oh, it's it's definitely the final countdown. We'll uh, we'll post the countdown uh, feed on Twitter. So follow us on Twitter. Um, we're at Ryden underscore the Pine. You can follow me at at How Three. You can follow Gee at Gee Dota. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll post up all kinds of clips and news and and everything else for you to follow. So this is Hondo here with Gabe for Riding the Pine. We out. Peace. This has been a Vencast Studios production. This is Stacy on her motorcycle. What an incredible view! And this is Stacy off her motorcycle. Does this have sucralose in it? On her motorcycle. Oh, the wind in my hair! Off her motorcycle. Uh, it's pronounced etc., not etc. On. Woohoo! Yes! Off. No. You're better on your bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, quote today at progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.